What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast about getting through your hard times to live a happy and fulfilled life. Life is hard, but we promise you it's worth the squeeze. And we share, we share stories and tactics on how you can get through your storms to eventually and ultimately reach your rainbows. Joining me today, I'm really excited about this episode. We have Brenda Luganbill with us. And I kind of looked at your resume really quick. <laughs> Founder of the Nest Fest here in Greenville, South yes. Carolina. Industry event rentals, CB events, iconic event studios, and, and, and so much more. Kind of like an event planner extraordinaire. Brenda, first of all, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I am as well. Now, for the listeners that are tuning in right now and they might not know who you are, why don't you quickly introduce yourself, tell them about where you're from and what it is you do. Absolutely. So again, my name is Brenda Luganville, and um, I've lived in Greenville now for 11 years. Mm-hmm. I moved here from Los Angeles um, and then from Indianapolis to Los Angeles. So I've kind of been a little bit of everywhere. Um, I've always been in the event planning industry. That's what I did in L.A. And then my husband and I kind of upped and moved here to Greenville, was going to try to do something else. But honestly, the event industry was just kind of my jam. So I stuck there, started my own event production company, which then led into building a um, industry event rentals, which is a furniture rental company for events, and then launching my passion project, which is the Nest Fest, um, which is in its second year. So that's kind of what, what I do here in Greenville. Yeah, and I'm excited for the second Nest Fest to be coming here soon. Um, we'll, we'll jump into that in a little bit. But first, I kind of want to unpack the story a little bit and... um. Start with the origin. You mentioned moving from Indianapolis to Los Angeles, which anybody watching on YouTube, you see the room. We have the skyline of Los Angeles next to us. Um, so what was that move like? What was that jump like? And really kind of what sparked your interest in event planning? So uh, that's a very interesting story, actually. Uh, my husband and I met in Virginia. Mm-hmm. We got married. He always wanted to do acting. Uh, my brother actually lived out in Los Angeles at the time. And I said, sure, let's let's do it. So we got married. Literally packed everything up in a, in a truck, put the car on the back of it and took off to LA. We had no jobs. We had no place to live. We'd never, I had been there once. He had never been there before, but we were on an adventure. So what was the mindset with that? Cause I, I think that's a huge leap of faith, right? You're, you're moving to a new city and everything you own packed up in a car, no plan. You know, kind of what was, I guess, what was the comforting thing that you had to hold on to doing that jump? My husband, definitely. I think that I just met someone that was fun and just wanted to go for a ride and just see where life was going to take us. And, and so when he brought it up, it was not even a hesitation of let's, let's do it. Let's see. This is our life. Let's start living it. Yeah. Um, so I think like he just started the encouragement and we, we went and did it and it was a great time. We lived there for about six years. Uh, that's where I ended up getting into the event company. And, uh, I actually was at an event. So we used to do catering and, um, like little side jobs, like acting type side jobs where you're, I don't know, behind the scenes mm-hmm. and what have you. Uh, and we were doing a catering job and I saw this guy and he was walking around and he was doing his job. And I just walked up to him and introduced myself and said, I don't know exactly how to get where you are, but what you do is what I want to do. Hmm. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was an advertising marketing major. I didn't really want to do that. Um, I just knew I wanted to do something that was in the creative world. And I saw him and about two months after that, he hired me to be his assistant. And then the story just goes on from there. I literally landed probably my dream job 
just on a whim. Pretty quickly, on yeah. a whim. Yeah. So what was it about him that made you want to ask, I don't know how to do what you do? Because I think this could be valuable for people who might be in a position that they're not too comfortable with, or maybe they landed in a job that they're not crazy about, and they're not sure what they want to do or how to find what they want to do, and they kind of get stuck and paralyzed, right? They have too many options, so they choose nothing. What kind of gravitated you to this person to be like, hey, how do I do what you do? Well, I've always definitely been um, a person who likes to be a leader or has always been in a position to lead. lead. Whenever I played soccer, I played soccer pretty much since the time I was born mm-hmm. um, throughout college. So I played Division One soccer. I was always very good at what I, what I did or the captain or what have you. And so I'm always going to look for the people that are showing those forms of leadership. And he definitely showed that. So if you think about an event production end, you have someone that is producing probably a hundred different vendors that are running around them and they're leading them and guiding them and showing them and training them in what they're doing. And that's what I saw in that day and said, you know what, that's kind of what I love to do. Mm -hmm. Not knowing even how creative that world was going to be. I like the logistics of it too and like the organizing and, and everything like that. So I think that's what first drew me to it. And then instantly my first event that I was a part of a team on was for the Grammy after party. So then I got my eye on the production end of things and like the design aspect of designing a 60,000 square foot huge convention center space to be this grand over the top event. And then I was sunk. (laughs) <laughs> I remember we spent, you know, two weeks getting it all in the air and two weeks getting it all done. And then it all came down in less than 24 hours. And I literally cried because I was like, that was like six months of my life. Yeah. And now it's done. Just like that. <laughs> like, just like that. Like, <laughs> took so long to get there. And then it was gone. But I think that's part of what I love about the event world is that it's always changing. Uh, it's always new. It's always looking for new, fresh ideas and new people and what have you. And, and I just enjoy that aspect. And I've been doing it for 16, over 16 years now and still love every minute of it. Yeah. Still going strong. Yeah. I do love that point you made about the, the leadership, seeing that out there. I think for people, that's what's, uh, something I want to touch on in terms of the importance of leadership and then the importance of just somebody taking pride in what they do. Probably aside from the leadership, you saw this person kind of on top of everything, right? And just, seeing that efficiency makes you kind of want to be a part of it. This reminds me of, I was at a bar and this bartender was one of the best bartenders I've ever seen. He made me want to be a bartender the way he kind of just held, held down his area. So I think for anybody that's out there working on a a project or something, you know, the pride in the work that you're doing could be huge because people can actually see the passion behind it. Absolutely. Um, So you mentioned the first, event that you were part of with uh, with the, the Grammy after party, six months of work, and it all comes down within 24 hours. Aside from, you know, just being there and seeing it, what exactly, kind of give us, pull back the curtains a little bit, what exactly goes into planning a party like that? So it's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of dedication. I mean, the event industry is one of the most stressful careers that you can have, honestly. And for someone who's been doing it as long as I have and at the level, um, you know, even that I started at, it's tireless. Like you're up, you're 24 seven business, your phone is always open, your emails are always going, 
There's always something new. There's always someone trying to take the event that you just did. There's always someone trying to take your idea. There's always, you know, so you're always having to reinvent yourself. You're always having to push yourself a little bit more every single day and stay on top of everything, Mm -hmm. which is not always easy to do and still have a life on top of it. And, and that's part of why we moved from Los Angeles to Greenville. I mean, I loved what I did. My husband loved what he did, but I worked 70, 80 hours a week Wow! for about three years straight towards the end. And I just couldn't continue to, to live my life that way, even though I, I loved it. I never got to see my husband because we were always on opposite schedules and things like that. So then once again, (laughs) we packed everything up. Well, luckily actually this time a client of mine packed everything up for me and we brought it all to Greenville. Yeah. Um, and that was our first time ever in Greenville, South Carolina. So we did the whole thing, the whole like leap of faith. Yeah. Um, I got offered a great job that would have had me in Dubai for like three months. And I turned that down because that was kind of my final sign of God saying, mm-hmm. no, so, get run, yeah. run fast. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things that I was going to ask first, what was the, the tipping point, I guess, for you? And then you mentioned the Dubai thing, which I want to unpack that because, you know, somebody hears a job offer being in Dubai for three months. I've never been to Dubai, but it's on my vision board. I want to <laughs> I want to experience it one way or another. So that's something that, you know, on the surface, they hear that job opportunity and you and most people listening would probably say, yes, yes, let's go. Yet you were able to look at that and say no. So I guess two questions here is what was the tipping point for you where you kind of like burnt out 70 hours a week? I never see my husband. And then what was also the, kind of like the the solidifying no for the Dubai offer? Well, Especially at the time, my husband and I, we assumed we would have children. We'd been married for six years at that time, and that was never not an option, I guess, even though we don't have children now. But um, I think part of it was just that lifestyle. There was no, not even an opportunity or a chance for it. Mm-hmm. And so by leaving one company and going to another one, which was a design house, which I loved, um, basically them giving me that offer was kind of that final sign of God wasn't just telling me just to leave the position I was in right there. He Mm -hmm. was telling me to leave where I was. Yeah. And so the only way to separate myself from that, which was not easy to do. I passionately loved my job. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the only way to separate that was to, to go, to listen and go and to do the same thing we did before and just kind of go on a whim and know that he's going to lead us to where we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so Luckily, my sister, she lived in Columbia and was moving to Greenville. And so that's what we did. We packed everything out and we we went and we did the same thing. We went from being very well off to mm-hmm. not having jobs for, you know, six months and going to see family that we hadn't seen in a while and trying to come to a new place and start all over again, which is not obviously easy to do. Yeah. Um, and definitely had its own struggles. We lived with my sister for a year <laughs> who had two little kids <laughs> with a third on the way. Um, so that was a fun, a fun challenge and just trying to, I guess, find yourself new again. Cause I didn't think I'd go into the event world. Obviously Nathan wasn't going to be in acting. Mm-hmm. So we were basically starting all over again at the age of what were we, we were 30, you know, at the yeah. age of 30, we were starting which our is, journey all over again of where we are going to be in life. Yeah. And that's scary for a lot of people. I do want to make sure that, you know, I acknowledge you and recognize you and say, you know, congratulations on, on being able to say no to that. 
because I think that's a, a, it's a defining moment in a lot of people's lives where, you know, they're in the career and they get the offer of their dreams or what they think is their dreams. And, um, you know, a friend of mine, Tyler Harris has quoted this a lot of times, you know, when I got what I always wanted, I didn't want what I got. Yes. And, and for you to kind of recognize that beforehand and, you know, take a little bit of a self loss to, to, uh, put your happiness first. It's huge. And I don't think it's a lot of, it's something that a lot of people can consciously do. So the fact that you were able to, be in tune to that and, and walk away from it. Congratulations on, on that. And because that's huge. And anybody listening, that's, that's a big point. Sometimes our happiness is the cost of our dream job. Absolutely. And honestly, that's a little bit too expensive. And when you have companies that offer you a dream position or they offer you a lot of money and things, understand the company's investing in you and they're putting a bet on you. So why not bet on yourself? And keep your happiness too. I agree. Cause I think your happiness is what kind of stems into everything, everything else. If I'm not, if I'm not happy in my job, no one's going to be happy being around me. I can mm-hmm. 100% guarantee if something's not going right in the companies, I'm not a happy person and everyone around me is going to know that I'm not happy. Luckily, I love what I do and it has its own ups and downs and hills and battles and what have you. But at the end of the day, I like I can go home and my husband knows that I'm enjoying what I'm doing because yeah. he doesn't want the other side of Brenda. You <laughs> <laughs> don't want that side. <laughs> yeah. So you're in Greenville and um, you kind of touched on some of the those challenges that you first came to. You're, you're living with your sister and there's kids and and you're you're going from a, a life where you know you have means to now you're kind of adjusting a little mm-hmm. bit. So what was that transition like, and and when were you guys able to I guess like the phoenix kind of rise up from the ashes and and come back? Yeah, so I was probably here. We probably lived here for about six months before. Um, and I was kind of looking for jobs, thinking I was going to do something different than being in a the event world and just nothing was quite the right fit, I will say. Um, and then I ended up meeting, uh, someone named Carrie and our husbands actually worked together at Devereaux's, okay. which a restaurant that used to be here was one of my favorites. <laughs> um, but they knew each other and said, Oh, our wives really need to meet. And it just so happened she was kind of in like doing events and just, or she was doing marketing at an event venue and what have you. And our meeting turned into like a three hour meeting. Oh, wow. And, um, and so from there we started meeting people and that kind of started to launch the event production end of the company. And very quickly I realized, well, I guess I'm going back into the <laughs> event world and I still loved it just as much even at the first, at the first second of it. So, um, that was an easy, an easy fit. Uh, but, but it definitely was a lot because it's, I've never owned my own company, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so going out on your own and, you know, putting the investment that we put into starting to build that was, um, you know, very stressful, especially when you're, you, we don't, fully have our feet grounded here. Yeah. So even when we started it, I think we had just moved into our an apartment at that time. My husband was working at Devereaux, still trying to figure out what he was going to do here in Greenville. Um, but luckily we we definitely did gain some great clients, but it's a small town. Yeah. So word goes around fast that there's a new person and not everybody always likes that new person. Mm-hmm. And um, so those definitely had its challenges of just trying to be new, not stepping over people's toes, not trying to take things from people because that's not what I was here to do. Um, just being able to do what I truly loved yeah. to do is what my focus was. Did you ever feel like you were like you were in a rush? I think because you know you mentioned starting over, and and for a lot of us, I mean, even me, I'm 31. If I had to kind of 
pick up my worn out tools and build from scratch again. I feel like at some point in time, I might be a, in a rush to see my fruit, bear, my labor bear fruits. Did you ever feel in a rush or were you always kind of just I don't think so because working? I still did a lot of freelance work too. Mm-hmm. So I freelanced, you know, I found ways to do what I w- I love to do without having to do it 80 hours a week, you yeah. know? So I would still freelance. So I would go to New York or go to LA and still do, you know, event production, what have you. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, my husband and I, we just learned how to live on less mm-hmm. and, and be happy with that. I mean, ultimately if the two of us are happy together, we can tackle anything. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's probably the biggest thing that we've learned in our marriage altogether because we we have always been working and always pushing and always adding and always adding new things to our lives. Um, we might not have little children, but we have between the, the two of us four or five companies. So yeah. those are our little children. Yeah, and they require a <laughs> lot of they attention. They require a lot of attention, <laughs> just as much of attention sometimes as kids do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's, that's probably the biggest challenge is just, you know, trying to, the two of us staying, keeping our heads grounded yeah. some days and not being like, what are we doing? Yeah. Which we have those days, you so know. What are some of the tactics on keeping your head grounded? Because uh, you mentioned, you know, the investment to start the businesses; those are stressful. And this is kind of a selfish question because oh, yeah. you know, I'm taking some some more <laughs> more risks and in, in trying to grow myself. And anybody that might be listening at home, whether they have a business venture or they want to put themselves out there, and whether it's a blog, podcast, or just a YouTube channel, you know, how do you handle some of the stress and the and I guess the risk? Because I mean, you're you're putting yourself out there, whether it be personally or financially, how do you stay grounded? What are some tactics you could share with our, our listeners? Well, I think one of the big things, and, and even I even still do it to this day, is to have that person that can help ground you, whether it's um, a friend, whether it's a parent, whether it's a spouse. And for me, it's my sister. Mm-hmm. Like even before I came here, before I do go on television or I do anything like that, I'll call my sister and be like, I need a little pep talk. Get me into my Brenda mode. Yeah. Get me in my Brenda place. Remind me why I do what I do, you know, type of thing. And I actually find that I do that for a lot of people all. So, and I think that's really important to have, like really important to have that one person that you don't have to explain everything to them. You can call them and just say, Hey, mm-hmm. I, I need, I need a check. I need to be put into check. And they'll remind you how awesome you are, why you're good at what you do, why you're put on this earth and why you're about to go in and do what you're going to do. And for me, that's been, I think a big thing, even with my husband and I, cause I, I'm that for him. Mm-hmm. Like I can easily grab him and be like, what are you doing? Stop stressing, get out of your own head. You know, and, and that's a lot of our own challenges is that we get into our own heads and we start to think, I can't do this. Am I good enough at this? Will I do it right? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah. You want to do it? Go do it. I mean, I'm, I've lost a lot of employees by sending them off to other places yeah. because like, you know, they'll come to me and say, Hey, I really am thinking about moving to New York and this is what I want to do. And I'm like, you're 23 years old. Why are you talking to me? Get on that plane. Yeah. Go. Nice. Now, when you start to make dumb decisions, call me. We'll work through those, but <laughs> just go like, I'm just a really firm believer in, in living your dreams. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to like a marriage, the honesty part of it is the most important part is this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I love to do. You're, you're, are you in it with me? And yeah. my husband and I, we've always had that for each other because we've been through a thousand jobs together <laughs> between the two of us. And like he just opened a wine shop, which is he is, he's 42. 
I think that's right. Sorry if it's not. Um, and he is now living his best life yeah. right now at 42. He has finally found the thing that he is most passionate about and that he loves to do. And again, it's turned our lives into mm-hmm. the craziness where we do not see each other. Um, but, and that, that part has definitely not been easy because mm-hmm. I've been so used to him being home every night and now he's only home, you know, one and a half nights yeah. out of the week right now. And so that for me has been like, he's my rock. Like that's <laughs> been, that's been a tough one, but, um, but he's living his dream, and so that gives me even greater joy than yeah. than what I'm going through. I love that. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's kind of what we were touching on before was kind of like the imposter syndrome, right? Where folks might feel like, what they're doing? Do I belong here? Am I capable of doing what I'm doing? And you know, I've had a friend that tell me is like, you want to live in a constant world of imposter syndrome because. If you feel comfortable with what you're doing, you're not pushing yourself. You're not advancing yourself. You're not getting better. So putting yourself in those kind of manageable, stressful situations where you're, you're reaching a little farther than what you might think you're capable of, but that's how you get better in in the gym. You add five more pounds so you could lift five more pounds. Right. So, and it's always kind of pushing there. And I love the fact that you say how your husband is now in his forties living his best life. You know, that's something I need to work on is I'm always in a rush to get to where I'm going. And people say that, you know, the journey is the destination and I'm trying to adopt that. I believe it, but. I think it's, it's hard for especially us young folks when we're in our twenties and we have these big goals and ambitions and we work so hard. We expect to see it by the time we're 30 or 32 or 33. Well, and I don't, I don't see why you don't expect that to be honest with me because Mm -hmm. the day and age that we are now, when I was 20 and I was 30, I didn't have the influencers and all of this that's going around and this like these new things that everybody wants to try to catch and grab. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't so immediately in my face of like, Oh, this person's 20 and they have 10,000 followers or, you know, whatever that is. And I mean, my biggest encouragement is to step, step back. Like I think that's the biggest challenge right now that, that we face in people that are in their twenties and thirties is to step back. Is that really what you want? Is that really your dream and your goal? If it is fantastic, go after it and do it. But, or is it for the moment? Mm -hmm. Like, is that really for the moment? When you look back at when you're 60 and you look and see is building 10,000, a hundred thousand, 200,000 followers. Is that your goal? And that's your dream. And you're going to live your life that way. Fantastic. If that's what you love. Yeah. But make sure it's what you love. Mm-hmm. Don't make sure it's only for the moment. And then you hit 40 and you say, well, what have I been doing with myself? And now I have to start again. Mm-hmm. And you're, you don't even know where to go because you haven't spent any time growing to who you are. You've spent all your time growing to who you think someone else wants you to be. Yeah. To get that follower. Whew. Grow to who you want to be. Yeah. And if the followers come, then that's amazing. Then you're growing in the line of where you should be. <sighs> and I think that's the big difference of... Cause I mean, I've, I've been, when I started the Nest Fest, that was the first thing like, oh, if I get a lot of followers, then people are going to want to go to the Nest Fest and da, 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 da. Well, first of all, I was horrible at it. I'm horrible at social media. Mm-hmm. So me attempting to grow that was me forcing something that I wanted a return investment on yeah. and not just being myself. So instead, let me just be myself and let it grow the way it's supposed to grow in its time. I love and that. that was a, that's not an easy lesson, but that's a good lesson to, yeah. 
Just stop. Just stop for a minute. Yeah, I need it. everybody listening to kind of rewind the tape about a minute to a minute and a half and play <laughs> that again because that's a, that's an important message. I really want that to drive home because you know we we do lived in, we live in a world of prescribed imagery, right? Mm-hmm. Everything we Absolutely. see is is delivered to us packaged and we we want to compare ourselves to that we we always say you compare your life to somebody else's highlight reel and it's it's easy to do that and i'm actually i'm guilty of posting my highlights too we don't want to share the bad stuff right but it's important to step back and kind of reflect and we say take take time spend time with yourself and find out what your goals are what your values are and what it is you want out of life and if certain things are serving that goal, if they're not, you could respectfully walk away and get to a point where you don't care what anybody else thinks. So you can grow yourself. Well, so that everything you just said ties into basically in a little bundle as to why I started the Nest Fest. Yeah, let's talk it's, about that. That's exactly what I did is I, you know, I did events. I've done events here for a very long time and I love doing them. But I'm also not getting to quite do them the way that I used to do them on such a grand scale. Mm -hmm. And part of what I loved about those is all the design and all the flash and all the, you know, like just the creative part of it that, you know, I got to do when I was in Los Angeles. And so for me, about five years ago, it was doing that. It was Mm -hmm. stepping back at 35 and saying, okay, I can keep doing this and enjoy doing it, but I'm starting to lose a little bit of that passion. And how do I bring that passion back? And if I was going to produce an event for myself, what would that look like? And so I started just kind of thinking about, well, what, what, what would I want to do in life? And my biggest goal is probably helping others and helping children and helping the future of where our children are going. And so I just started to spend a lot of time just watching people and friends and families and just seeing what's going on in their lives and how can I create an event that can encourage more family time, more me time, more of just taking care of oneself, so to speak. And watching our stress levels, my own stress level, still watching, I'm still working 70 hours a week. <laughs> None of that has changed since I lost, left Los Angeles. Yeah. But I'm doing it now for myself. And I've created three companies and doing it. And I've enjoyed that process. But it does not come without a lot of risk. It does not come without a lot of stress. It does not come without a lot of burdens Mm -hmm. and a lot that you have to bear and be responsible for. And so if I'm going to do all of that and I'm, I know I'm going to keep working just as hard as I'm, I do, then I better again, still love what I do. And I want to love what I do when I'm 60. And so that's where I created the Nest Fest is I just wanted to have an event that was family focused. I wanted to have an event that you could come and work on you and work on being the best version of yourself. That That's our complete goal with that, is we want everyone to find a way to become the best version of themselves. And that's being through your wellness, goodness, fitness, and wholeness Mm -hmm. is, is kind of the way I've thought and created it. And your wellness is like going to your doctor and making your doctor's appointments and checking those boxes. Your goodness is thinking about what we're putting in our gut and our gut health and what we're eating, what we're drinking. Um, your fitness, that's always the easy one, you know, getting some movement in. But for me, the most important, and honestly, if I just had a wholeness, you know, festival, that'd be great too. But wholeness is my favorite because the wholeness is, I feel like, what's taken me on my entire journey, and I feel like it's what gotten me through 
all of the ups and downs and the stresses and kept me positive. Um, I have, uh, one thing I was talking to my sister about before I got here is, um, I had a concussion when I was six years old. So I have short term memory. So I don't remember high school, elementary school. I barely remember college. Oh, wow. Like I'm almost to the point where I'm even starting to forget like when my husband and I first met. Oh, wow. And so that has its challenges. But the great thing about it is, is that, cause you know, I don't remember the bad, but I also don't remember the good, mm-hmm. you know, which is sad. Cause my husband will say things and I'll be like, I got, I got nothing for you. Oh, like wow. I don't, it's yeah. very choice, you know, in its, in its memory. But at the same point, it's allowed me, I think to stay very positive. Yeah. Like I think it's allowed me to, Sometimes I don't remember all the darkness, so I don't ever reflect on it. Because you don't reflect on the light. I don't know why we don't reflect on the light. We need to reflect on the light wow. more. Yeah. We reflect on darkness. Like when we go home at night and we lay in bed and we can't sleep, it's we're not generally going, oh, man, I had such a great day. And <laughs> No, you're like, oh, this person made me mad. Or, oh, you know, or, oh, I remember this. Or, or in anything, in, in someone passing, we really reflect on our sadness instead of that person's light. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we can start reflecting on our light more, then we could have a positive outcome to, to our journey. Yeah. I reflect very much on my light. I am ref- very grateful for what I have and I reflect very much on that, but I think it's because part of me, I don't, I don't remember some of that darkness, so I don't have it to, mm-hmm. to build up. Cause my sister made like two comments to me. I was like, really? That happened in my life? I don't even remember that. Yeah. You know, and I was like, but I have no emotion or reflection to it. So yeah. there's a, there's a plus and minus to, to that. But I think all of it has gotten me to where I am with the Nest Fest of just trying to always like, I just want to help people. Like mm-hmm. that's just something I've always been very passionate about. I get that a lot from my father. He's <laughs> very much like that. We will give all of our time to the world before we give it to ourselves type of thing. And, um, and I just wanted an environment where you could come and be your best, your best self and yeah. find what am I missing? Is it, um, my relationship with my kids? Is it my relationship with my husband? Is it my relationship with my work? Mm-hmm. Am I angry when I go to work? Like all the questions that we have as to why we're not living our best life, we want to help you answer. And if we don't have something there that's going to do that, we want to know what is it? Well, mm-hmm. what is your question? What are you trying to search for? Give me a call. Mm-hmm. Happy to sit down and talk to you about it because we really do want to dig deep into um, where people are and where we can be. Because if we don't start fixing this now and start working on being our best selves, we're just going to keep translating negativity to others. Because yeah. if I'm not my best self, then I'm not giving my staff the best me. I'm not giving my husband the best me. I'm not giving my nieces and nephews, which I have 12 nephews and one niece. I'm not giving them the best me or anyone that I'm coming in contact to. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's selfish to want to make sure that you take care of yourself first. Oh, yeah. I think that's a better me for a better us. That's our slogan this year. So a better me for a better us, because we want to make a better us in the upstate um but wonderful then, yeah. yeah so that's kind of how the nest fest yeah. all began if well, you will you can't pour from an empty cup right so Correct. you have to kind of fill yourself before you can reach out and, and help others so I, I love that slogan i love kind of what that all stands for and greenville is a wonderful place to do it it's it for field right yes and the the fitness community here with my journey it started off it, it first started off in the gym and as I feel as most fitness journeys start, it was very one directional. I just want to pick up heavy things. <laughs> and then when you start doing that, you meet other people who, okay, not only can this person pick up what I 
pick up. They can bench 225 like me, but they can also touch their toes. Like, how do you have that flexibility and that strength? And then you learn uh, different aspects. Somebody will pull you, introduce you to a different type of workout where you go from more strength training to powerlifting or interval training, hit training, and in the, we, the amount of studios we have. And I feel as though, at least in recent years from what I've seen, the fitness culture in Greenville has really started to grow and not just grow, but integrate. Absolutely. I've seen, uh, I see people when I go to clean eats, I, I get some meal prep food and I see someone that I worked out with at one gym and I'll meet people at multiple gyms. I'll even meet a trainer at one gym who works out it with works, me someplace right? <laughs> else. So I really love seeing that all inclusiveness, right? Where it's not like, oh, you work out at that gym and you work out at this one. We don't integrate. There's a lot of integration. And I think to your point, um, the fitness culture in Greenville, at least what they've tapped into was, you know, health is wealth and it's mm-hmm. not just one dimensional where we, we do powerlifting or, or strength training. We do yoga. We, we do interval training. We sweat together. Uh, my friend Pat Kelly, he loves doing the community sweats. Yes. Well, we <laughs> sweat together. We want to eat healthy together. We recommend recovery, uh, studios to go to. Because it's all about wanting to serve not just the body, but serve the mind and the spirit and, and ultimately help somebody live their best lives. Absolutely. Yes. Serving the spirit, body, and mind is, that's, love it. Every minute of it. <laughs> so I guess as we're starting to wrap up, you've been mentioning uh, Nest Fest. Why not let folks know exactly when Nest Fest is going to be this week, this, not this week, this yes. year, because <laughs> it's coming up in the next couple months and uh, kind of let them know what they're in for. Yeah. So it's October 19th and 20th mm-hmm. and we take over all of floor fields. So we have over a hundred vendors that are out there. We have a hundred and I think I just put in a few more today, 124 different uh, participants. So that's different you know, instructors that are teaching from our six different fitness classes. We have a goodness stage where we have different area chefs and nutritionists that are coming and talking about, you know, yummy foods that we can eat. Um, and even one that has a wine pairing. Ha ha ha. Nice. Go figure. <laughs> um, we have uh, different food trucks that are going to be out there. We have wholeness and wellness seminars. We're going to be having sex therapy talks, which I'm excited about. We actually have a modern men um, series also that we're going to be doing, nice. um, which I'm really Really, really excited about that one too and about that panel. Um, and then we have a whole kids area. So there's going to be a whole section where even you can come and get involved with your child, which I encourage. Come color with them, kick the soccer ball, take a class with them. There's going to be lots of different options and things for them to do. Uh, or you can drop them off for an hour so you can go jump, you know, jump into a class at the same time. We have music stages. We're going to be showing the Clemson game. Absolutely. Um, but we have all kinds of activities, uh, and it's really, like I said, very family focused. Kids 16 and under are free because we, we want you to bring them. Um, it is two days. So mom, bring all those kids in that family day one, but mm-hmm. day two, bring yourself and yeah. do it for you. <laughs> um, we have lots of fun activations that are going to be happening and, uh, you should just check it out. The video is right on the website, uh, at the nestfest.com and you can see kind of a little bit about what happened last year, mm-hmm. but I'm super excited about this year and what, what all is going to happen. Nice. Can't wait. Well, before I let you go, I have two last questions. The yeah. first question is, what's the biggest storm you've been through that gives you confidence moving forward? So in other words, what's the biggest challenge you've overcome with whatever you're comfortable sharing? Biggest challenge that you've overcome that, you know, moving forward, you're confident in your ability to take on the next challenge. I think you're one of the Nesfests. Yeah. Um, that was a challenge both emotionally, 
physically and financially um, a lot. The Nest Fest is, is created the majority of it by me. So yeah. I'm also one of its very large financial backers to it. So I think nice. that that wanting to like literally being an hour into it and my husband wasn't there for the first day. So that was a really big challenge for me. He had a passing in his family. Uh-huh. So that was huge. I'm going to try not to cry about that. Allie, I haven't cried. That was for her. She'd be so proud of me. Um, but that was, that was a huge challenge just for me personally. Um, but getting through all of that and knowing at the end of it that I still had the stress of the financialness going into year two, mm-hmm. but my excitement of it to overcome that, I think is like, the best thing ever. Yeah. Like that's the best feeling. I Wonderful. don't know. Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> the weight, but then the happiness and joy of going to that next thing kind of takes that weight and goes, well, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you can lift it, right? Yeah. So yes, it's still exactly. heavy, but you know, you can exactly. lift it. So I think that's one of the biggest hurdles of just, you know, just doing it in the first place too. just finally like saying, all right, I'm going to do this. And it wasn't till I, you know, Allie and I sat down and talked and she's the festival director that I was like, if you're on board, then I'm, I'm ready to move forward with it. So, I mean, that was, that's a, that was a big jump taking Mm -hmm. on, you know, something new. So what are your rainbows that you're chasing? My rainbows that I'm chasing is absolutely to make the Nest Fest the best festival that anyone ever wants to go to. I I mean, that's my, my dream is to that that's what I do and mm-hmm. for my career that I kind of everything else either is handled through other people or goes aside. And the Nest Fest is what I'm doing from now until the day I die. That's your baby. That's my baby. <laughs> yeah. And that I get to take it to other cities too. Yeah. So my nephew already wants to take it over. He's 12. <laughs> when I die, he yeah. said he's taking it over. The legacy so. has been set. That's, that's, the legacy is there. So, but I, I do, I truly, my rainbow is 100% the Nest Fest nice. and just continuing to reach out to our community and seeing where we can be a support. I mean, every day it's, it's crazy. Every time a ticket sells, you would think that we were like, we just want a million dollars. I mean, we just get so excited uh, and to just have people involved and engaged in it. Nice. It's so great. Well, Brenda, how can folks reach out to you and contact you and get more information on the Nest Fest? So you can definitely reach out. My email is Brenda at the nestfest.com. If you have a thought, a suggestion, anything, we are, we're here to help. Um, and we're here to help connect the dots, whether it's something immediate to the festival or something we do throughout the year. We're, we try to be 365 days a year. So yeah. we're not just, we do things other than just those two days. Um, but yes, please reach out Brenda at the nestfest.com. I'm can't wait to hear from you. Yeah. Wonderful. And I'll be sure to have the contact in our show notes on the website yeah. too. Brenda, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This yes, it was a, a pleasure. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure. Loved your story too. And for anyone that made it to the end, I hope you got a lot of value from this. There were so many good nuggets in Brenda's story. I love how she was gravitated to someone that was showing leadership in their position and their efficiency. Also, reinventing yourself and also pushing yourself. You mentioned how in the event planning industry, it's important to always reinvent and push. So that is true, not just in the event industry, but I think in life too. Keep pushing yourself. Choose happiness. Being able to say no to a job in Dubai, I think that's that's a resilience not a lot of people have. So that was very inspiring that you can choose happiness and also learn to live with less. When you said that, 
that hit me. <laughs> so some of us sometimes need to learn to live with less so we can, in fact, choose our happiness and be true to yourself. So many nuggets. I hope you guys can maybe even replay this episode to really let some of that sink in. Brenda, thank you once again for your time. Thank and you. we always wrap up with this. Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. Woo! <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I have no idea what I said throughout that. I get rain.